We're a thousand miles from comfort. We have traveled land and sea. But as long as you are with me, there's no place I'd rather be. This is your time to lit up with Angela Breidenbach. Lit up is lighting up the literary world with book reviews, in-depth expert interviews, and ideas for you to design a lucrative writing career. Expand your imagination to enhance your life. Lit up is always family friendly, always good for your heart. Now here is your host to lit up, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach with Lit Up, and we are excited today to be talking with my friend and another author. Her name is Susan Thomas, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what she does, who she is, and then we're going to get into talking about a little bit of unique public publications. Um, she does not only historical biblical fiction, but she also does interactive mystery party games for teens or adults and I was caught when I saw hers I was caught and I actually have a copy of Murder at the Surly Gates and it is she it's S.E. Susan E. Thomas S.E. Thomas and her artwork is done by Yesenia A. Thomas and so it's so awesome but these are so much fun because they're dinner games that you can do or interactive party games and I did a retreat of a couple years ago where we did this with we had props and everything and it was a fantastic icebreaker night at our retreat we just hooted and laughed and had a great time but the other unique thing about Susan who you'll be meeting on the show today is that she has a small publishing house and that is called the Dramatic Pen Press the Dramatic Pen and she's here in Lolo Montana and of course I'm in Missoula Montana and we've become friends over the years and been able to meet and do different author events. Well, today we are at a remote interview broadcast at the Missoula Fresh Market. And we're having a lot of fun because people are just walking in the door, looking at our books, getting to meet us. But in the meantime, I wanted to create an interview where you could get to meet Susan. So, welcome, Susan. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, Susan, you have the creative pen, and in this... The um, dramatic I'm pen. sorry, the dramatic pen. What That's did I okay. say? I'm so sorry. That's okay. Uh, Joanna Pen, you just got some free advertising there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, the dramatic pen has uh, not only been doing books for yours for fiction, but you mm-hmm. publish other people's books, right. and you created a small press. Right. But out of this, what was the first books you started publishing? Was it these interactive party yes, games? Yes, it was. It was the mystery party games, mm-hmm. the drama, because um, I just they were kind of my practice books <laughs> to see how to, to figure out how to do it, and using the different publishing platforms, and figuring out how to do cover design, and formatting, and the whole you know, nine yards, and I've learned a lot through it, and um, they've gotten better over the years. (laughs) Since they first came out, I've, like, changed the cover and done some different things, and I'll probably update them again before too long, but... um, Well, we always have to update our work and keep it current, Right. in this case, though, you've you've got everything from um, the book that gives directions to the host or hostess to the party, invitations to the party, Mm -hmm. and this is, again, teen through adult. It's so much fun. Yeah, they're family-friendly. There's, like, one one reason why I wrote these is because 
the mystery party games that you buy online tend to have a lot of sexual innuendo and some crass jokes and stuff, and I don't, I don't put that in my books. Well, and teens aren't really and into doing that kind of thing in front of their parents, and parents no, don't really and want their them, teens to do it. Well, teens, teens and young, like young adults, like to do this kind of thing, but most of the content out there is just not age appropriate. It's right, dirty. And not and family friendly. No, and so um, so this is why I wanted to make sure it was age appropriate for even junior high. Although some of the humor may be a little beyond a junior higher, but the, it's it wouldn't be offensive to right. them. Like if they just if you had somebody one of those kids who wanted to participate, they could. An older junior high yeah, would be great. Yeah, yeah. and so um, well, and but it's this, also adult friendly. Like it's yeah. not. I mean, it is kind of silly. It's kind of how you, you maybe you watch Pixar movies and you see and uh, all the yeah. adult humor that's in it. We get right. and make a, us right. enjoy the movie. Huh? But right. the thing with $1. this is... Um, a pound of bacon. <laughs> and guess what, folks? Dollar <laughs> nine for a pound of bacon today. Because we are here at a live remote at the Missoula Fresh Market. That's right. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, I did buy the bacon. So <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> it's always fun to do things live. And we've had a lot of visitors. It's been really fun as authors to be here just visiting with people. But um, back to the Dramatic Pens um, mm -hmm. team and adult interactive party games. Mm -hmm. This um, I bought this is awesome because there are cards in here and you can print right out of these yeah. books for the personal use of this game. Yep. You're not giving people permission to print the book and sell it. You're, no, no, but, but you but give them permission to print it on their own copy. Right, so mm -hmm. if you buy the book, you don't have to buy, like if you have 14 people coming to your party, you don't have to buy 14 books. You can buy mm -hmm. one make copies for that event and then you can save those copies so in, if you want to do the event again mm -hmm. in a couple years with a different group of people you can you don't have to buy it every time but it's really intended just for that person to use personal use personal use what I love about this though is that you know people love to get together and it's really hard sometimes to have icebreakers to have ideas of how you can have fun together but this is a great idea for doing a 4th of July party, for doing um, just a family get-together, a birthday party, you know, or in Christmas our cases, party. Christmas parties, you know, <laughs> but also when we did it for a retreat. An author's retreat. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't have to be just author retreat. Right. It can be right. you're getting together for a training retreat, and one of the nights, this is your entertainment. Mm -hmm. It is, I'm not kidding you, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you can get people doing, I think yeah. that we did one where, uh, you were actually doing an accent. <laughs> we were the rolling Spanish the Spanish Spain. accent she could not funny. do. <laughs> it was hysterical. And it's written in there, so if you read it the way it's written, it comes out really pretty funny. <laughs> Which one was that? We that did? was that accuracy. Was a, okay, you've got to find that and do a little, just do a little oh. mini read because it oh, was goodness. so funny. But um, we also we had we had hats and we had scarves and we had fans and we had just silly <laughs> things and we just kind of like acted out this stuff. Oh my gosh! Mm -hmm. But then you also have in uh, while she's looking that up, you get your card and then there's little um, place settings that you can put. There's the cast of characters so you can understand who people are. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have you real quick give us just a little taste of. Um, how this is written so you would read it straight off the page like this okay so she says this is um senora pineda who is the attorney she says i do not think that is the right question <laughs> so that's kind of the way it's written and so if you read it that way it sounds 
so like that you can be more like that character, the Castellano Spanish, which I'm real familiar with because I actually used to live in Spain. So it was really hilarious to listen to yeah. that. Another um, way you can use these is if that you want to do a, a fundraiser for an event, like a church event or a youth group event or a charity oh, yeah. event. It's actually, there's directions to help you put it on as a stage play where you can have people come and pay oh like, my for gosh. a plate. And then you can have like... And there's even on my website, there's even like tips on how to raise money to use it as a fundraiser. So you could use it that way as well. That's fabulous. And then you could even, you could, you can go in and do raffle copter and do your prizes. There's tons of fundraising things mm -hmm. you could do. You could do like a silent auction on the side or you could have pledge cards on the tables or you, you know, all kinds of things. And actually, it has been used that way before. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's this brilliant. one was used, the Who Invited the Stiff to Dinner is, is set in the 1920s. And so they all dressed oh, up with flappers, the flappers and, the, and the mustaches and the bowler hats and the canes. And, oh, know, my gosh. Little, what a great way to have a theme so, party. Yeah, a, little, so, a little different mm -hmm. than the Kardashians' 1920s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no, that's fabulous. So she actually has it written out as um, Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. And tells the setting, and you have uh, a, a narrator who can start it off, who's setting. And this one I'm reading from Murder at the Surly Gates, an interactive party game for teens and adults by S.E. Thomas. Setting, Sid Sidney, Nurses Val and Fairchild, Boardman, and all the residents are sitting in the guest lounge at the Surly Gates nursing home. There's a large pillbox filled with assorted jelly beans near where Twiggy is sitting. Most occupants have a walker or cane nearby. Well, there's a small medicine container half filled with Smarties in a nearby room. I would be in the room with the Smarties, I'm just saying. <laughs> my favorite candy. No, don't send candy, people. <laughs> but it is my favorite candy. Um, that insulted chocolate caramel. <laughs> so then um, the TV is actually a character in this, and it, it says to whoever is playing the part of the TV <laughs> to read in a nasally voice by Sid Sidney or host hostess. <laughs> And in other news, Morticia McEvil has once again escaped a high-security prison. Police are combing the area, but have yet to find evidence of her whereabouts. They have released this picture. And so then the characters start following the, the scene and doing it, acting it out. And they have their own uh, script, so then they know when to read theirs. And they start, they can actually go hunting all over the house. Doing yeah. a, a fabulous, <laughs> following, the mystery. <laughs> following the mystery. So it's just yeah. so much. And there's fun. a section break at the end where you, where every all the guests get to guess. Like you can ask them, like, okay, now's the time to break so that everyone can guess who the murderer is, and then you can give out door prize like prizes for the winners if you want to. As a oh, party you could do anything or, from really great prizes to fun white to, elephant to, prizes yeah, to I don't know old books. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So if you're interested and you want to find more interactive party games, full-length plays, uh, religious plays and skits, anything like that, if you want to have fun with your friends and family for these different events, Susan, where can we find out more? So um, the dramaticpen.com is my website. I'm also on Facebook. Um, it's just facebook.com, the dramatic pen. And, uh, yeah, so there's all kinds of things there and I have other services for writers as well and well that's awesome we'll so, talk about those services yeah. for writers in upcoming segments today um, but we are we have some other titles for you a Christmas romance it's a mad lib style party game <laughs> <laughs> and as a romance writer that just that I love it I might have to get that one let them eat cake 
A very reputable cake contest is underway, and the contestants are vying to win 20% of the stock in the wealthy contest sponsor's restaurant business. The sponsor turns up dead. He ate an entire cake ridden with arsenic-bearing apple seeds. Who gave him the cake? Who wanted him dead? Why in the world didn't he stop at the first bite? A bumbling security guard who is allergic to flour is on the case. It requires 14 participants. So you could have a great game with these folks. So this is Angela Breidenbach with Lit Up. And we're just delighted to be with you. And we'll see you on the next segment right after this word. And again, Susan Thomas, a Montana author, and her interactive party game for teens and adults is our guest. And we'll be back with you in a moment. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Free radicals and antioxidants are at war with each other. Antioxidants stop free radicals, also known as oxidants, from traveling through your body and damaging your cells. Free radicals are molecules created when they are oxidized or lose electrons. According to Weight Watchers, research suggests that adding antioxidants found in fruits, vegetables, and grains to your diet is well worth it. Antioxidants may help stave off stroke, heart disease, and diabetes. On top of that, some studies indicate that antioxidants may even delay the onset of many age-related diseases. Since your body does not manufacture the main antioxidants, which are vitamin E and C, beta-carotene, and the trace metal selenium, it is important to add these to your diets. Be sure to consume fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. I'm Annette Hammond. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. And you're back with us on segment two of Lit Up with Angela Breidenbach. And my guest today is Susan Thomas. Her pen name is S.E. Thomas. And she not only writes mystery and interactive party games for teens and adults, but she also does some other writing. And I've had the pleasure of being able to read some of her biblical historic fi- historical fiction. Boy, say that ten times fast. <laughs> biblical historical fiction. And uh, Habakkuk is one of the main mm-hmm. topics. And so let's start there and talk to you about your um, biblical historical fiction series. Right. So I have two of those. Um, one is a trilogy about the prophet, the Old Testament ha- prophet Habakkuk. Um, 
it's only about three chapters long in the Bible, but I have three books that I got out of it somehow. Um, but because his life spans, the, the time that he was prophesying spans about 40 years. And wow. so um, I, and, and we don't really know much about the real man, but we do know a lot about the history. And so I kind of developed his character and, and gave him a family and gave, because, you know, of the, of the different historical elements we know about, I was able to build those in to make it a realistic life that someone might have lived at that time. And, and then, of course, there was the, the Babylonian invasion. And a big battle a lot, and everything oh, in there. The huge, huge, um, one of the most defining historical times for the Jews. Wow. And um, it's fascinating, fascinating history. And I and I just love doing Bible research. It mm-hmm. just And now you history. actually have um, some education here, so I want to bring that out. Right, yeah. So I went to Bible school mm-hmm. as, um, for my Bachelor's of Science Education. Um, what school did you go to? At John Brown University, and I got a Bachelor's of Science Ed in English Education. And then I went back to school. So it's not like you have enough education yet. Keep going. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I went back to school as an adult, <laughs> and I got a master's in philosophy. Nice. So. Um, and when you're doing philosophy, you're you're exploring a lot of like the Greek and the Roman and right, you know. Right. Wow. A lot of the ancient. I, we I, we did a lot of the ancient philosophy and and how that how that translates into uh, modern day philosophy. But. Which really kind of helps you when you're bringing Habakkuk mm-hmm. into the modern reader's right. vernacular, how we're going to mm-hmm. be able to understand him. Mm-hmm. And in our current world, mm-hmm. our customs are so different. But Right, but it is, I mean, it's written, well, I'll just say that when I first started researching this book, I, I didn't know anything really about that time period. I was just interested in it, and I thought, good grief, I've been in church my whole life. Why don't I know anything about who the Babylonians are even? I hear these names, and I don't yeah, know anything about them. Yeah, we don't really explore them. that. And so I thought, well, I should write I should write this story. And so I realized, sitting down to write, that I couldn't even start, I couldn't even put a, na- a word on a page until I had researched and, it, and I read for five hours a day for three months before I was able to even start writing wow. the first chapter. Wow. So there's a ton of research that went into it. And then I researched all the way throughout as I continued to, you know, every time I would write a chapter, I would be researching all the way through that, too. And it took me a year, just, just another year, just to write this trilogy and researching constantly. Wow. And I'm just going to remind listeners here, whether you're listening to us live today or if you're listening to us in the future, that we are doing a live remote at the Missoula, Montana, Missoula Fresh Market for their anniversary. And uh, they have invited us, Susan Susan Thomas, S.E. Thomas. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get your name right yet. (laughs) She's a really good friend, folks, so it's kind of funny. (laughs) And my name is Angela Breidenbach. And you can find her information at... um, the dramatic pen.com or facebook.com slash the dramatic pen and you can find me at angela 
and um, this is just a fun time for us to visit in front of, no kidding, a Starbucks counter. Where is it better for a writer to be but at coffee? But the noise you're hearing around us is definitely from this very unusual live remote because normally we're in studio and <laughs> you don't have all this noise going well. <laughs> so um, getting back to your stories, so what, uh, what fascinated you the most about Habakkuk and the things that you were learning? Well, the fact that when the Babylonians invaded, they carried off they they carried off most of the city mm-hmm. and took them into exile in Babylon. And the ones that they left behind were pretty much the old and the decrepit. Wow! But then they left the. Can city you imagine and the, the devastation mentally and spiritually and the people leaving no, behind their I, elders? And it, it's it's incredible what they went through. And here we complain that we don't get discounts we want but you know the things that they went through is and one one thing I felt like God was teaching me was that when you go through incredible just devastating trauma the sun still rises the next day you still have to get out of bed you still have things to do there are still people that need you you don't get to just lay down and die yeah unless somebody actually takes your life you You have have the next day to live yeah and and that's what they had to do they had I mean you don't I mean, you have to pick up the pieces because what else can you do right mm-hmm. I mean you have, you have to keep living and keep moving forward and we were yeah, we so. were talking about this and um, and because Susan and I are friends we've met for coffee many many times yeah. and we've done many events like this together between Montana Idaho and um, I'm Washington. I'm not even sure where all we've been together to be honest, <laughs> over the years. But y- you and I were talking about ways to be able to market a series and things like that. And so you wrote a prequel that does something unusual that uh, that any other prequel has never really done. And uh, that was that the prequel was his uh, great grandmother. his grandmother. And then you took that prequel, and then as you started each, let me get this straight, each mm-hmm. series in the book, you took section one of the prequel, and that was the prequel two that went into book one. Right. And then section two was the opening for book two, and uh-huh. section three was the opening for book three. Right. What blew my mind about that was how you were able to interweave that mm-hmm. story to actually cast the tone mm-hmm. for the novel of the moment. Right. You know, so tell us a little yeah. bit about that. So, um, well, that prequel, the, well, the Babylonian invasion was was a prediction that came after the Assyrian invasion of the northern. So the Babylonians invaded Judah, um, 200 years or well, 150ish years after um, the Assyrian invasion. And so what I had was had the grandmother might have been a great grandmother. I think it was a grandmother. I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> it's terrible when you get your when when you get book after book after book, and then you're like, oh wait a minute, it was. <laughs> his grandmother was a child. She mm-hmm. was actually she was carried off, carried right? off mm-hmm. by an Assyrian mm-hmm. um, soldier and made one of his concubines. And so I remember reading that, and I thought, oh my yeah. gosh, I and was so into her story. It happened a lot. Yeah. Um, but. So, so then, and then the reason I did that was because the name Habakkuk actually, they believe it has is, has Assyrian roots for the name Habakkuk, Habaku, which means to bind or to embrace. It's not a it's not a Hebrew word, and so I felt like I needed to include some of that history. And I thought, well, how would that have happened? Well, the Assyrians invaded the Northern Kingdom and carried all those people off, and then they replanted them back 
um, some of them back and intermarried, and so that's where you get to have half breeds um, of Samaritans. But that's kind of history. Yeah. But um, but if you understand that, if you know a little bit about that through learning this grandmother's story, right. then you understand more of the story that you're reading. So there's times when you need to have a prologue, and what you did with this, and it's a free ebook. Yes. Where do we where do we Smash get it? Smashwords. If you go to smashwords.com, mm -hmm. and you just enter into their search, Hadara's story. So H A D A R A H apostrophe S story. Hadara's story. It's for free. You can read the whole thing, all three sections for free, and see if you like the way I write and if you like the history. And then if you do, then you might be interested in the rest of the book. But and this and the stories have how her life then interweaves right. later, um, or or preloads the story for right. Habakkuk. Right. So you can enjoy Hadara's story by itself, but if you read the Habakkuk's trilogy, she is mentioned. Her story becomes important within his story. And I loved so. that. I loved reading. Hadara's story. I, I got the pleasure of being Susan's friend and being able to read it before it came out and giving feedback and all this stuff. And I just really was, um, I just was enmeshed in her story. I was living her story with her and I just really enjoyed it. And I mean, I actually, I read this several years ago and I'm now, I have an image of her inside the small house when she first arrives and becomes a concubine. I have that image in my head still from having read it, which means that you do a really great job with setting and character, you know, and things like that. So that was really fun for me. And uh, then how this becomes a part of his story, but just the way that you wove that through, I thought that was really a beautiful um, and unusual opportunity. So for if you're a listener out there, my goodness, you really want to go read Hadara's story on Smashwords, and again, you'll you'll know if you like Susan's writing, but you'll have the opportunity to um, get into that world before you get into the series, and then you'll and having read that in advance, then when you go to each novel, now the prologue makes mm -hmm. oh my gosh so much sense mm -hmm. as you go in to read about Habakkuk. Mm -hmm. So um, we've got a few more minutes. So tell me, you've got about a minute. Tell me, um, what else would you like to tell people about those stories about that series? Well, um, I it, it was one of one of my earlier books that I wrote, um, and it has been edited and re-edited and edited and edited. I'll just say, and crucial um, writers it, out there, if you're an indie, you've got to edit. <laughs> and. So over many years, it's been edited, and other, lots of other people have read it and helped me edit it. And so um, I do think that, especially for an indie authors, uh, that you edit and edit well. Yeah. And and don't be afraid to let yeah. other people help you do that. Right. Yeah. Right. And I had writers groups and people, other people who would go through it with me, and then I would. I got to do again. a little bit of that too. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably been edited three to five times. So it's. I mean. It's, gone through the ringer, so I, I feel confident about it, I'll just say. It's, it's a good very, product. very good story. I would highly suggest, especially if you don't know much about that time frame in biblical history. It's not really something that's taught much in church, no, it's so it's not. a great thing to learn. But it's fascinating. And where can we find you again? Um, TheDramaticPen.com or on awesome. Facebook. <laughs> and that's S.E. Thomas and my name is Angela Breidenbach at AngelaBreidenbach.com and we'll be back with you in just a moment. We want to make sure you get a chance to hear more from Susan Thomas. Stay right where you are. There's more Lit Up right after this. Yeah. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. According to Men's Health magazine, Australian researchers found that every hour in front of the TV trims 22 minutes from your life. A study at the University of Vermont discovered that overweight participants who cut their daily television time in half from an average of five hours to two and a half hours burned an extra 119 calories a day. Another study reported that overweight people had an average of 3.4 television sets in their homes, while lean people had an average of 2.6 television sets. It is reported that of people who lost weight, 63% of them watched less than 10 hours of TV a week. All this research should encourage you to watch TV in moderation and choose to go for a brisk walk instead of sitting in front of the television. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. With your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer. And my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. There's a small press called the Dramatic Pen, and you can find it at thedramaticpen.com. And we're going to ask her some questions about what brought her into the publishing industry and how did she actually create and uh, incorporate into a small press. So, um... Again, welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Go ahead. I want to hear this okay. story. Well, I, I started writing when I was about nine mm-hmm. years old and, and really got a passion for writing stories, except that I was never able to bring them to completion. Um, I'd get excited about something and then I'd run out of steam and quit. So when I was 15, I wrote my first book mm. from beginning to end. It's horrifically bad. <laughs> everybody we'll says that. It's, it's true. We'll Everybody's <laughs> first book is like that. It's really awful. But it did teach me that I could, you know, and how to start and finish a book. So after that, once I realized I could do it, then the next book that I wrote actually turned into a trilogy, and that's Habakkuk's Plea. And, uh-huh. and then that one got edited and edited and edited and deeply researched. And I was quite a bit older, too, when I wrote that one. I was in my, let's see, I was 29. 30-ish when I finished that trilogy and so um, and I and I've written other other things here and there lots of articles I got published with focus on the family and some devotionals with different you know different small kind of work through the the industry that way and I yeah so and I'm going to remind folks we're here actually at a live remote celebrating Missoula Fresh Markets um, anniversary here in Missoula Montana 
and I know that you'll be listening to us in the future, but there's so much fun and noise and stuff going on around us. I thought I'd better remind you that um, that's what's happening, and that's why. So um, we're going to do our best to make sure this is loud enough for you to hear. But. <laughs> so going on from there, Susan, tell us how you decided that you needed to take that experience of getting published with Focus on the Family, getting published with various magazines and articles, mm -hmm. and suddenly you became a company? What did you do? Well, no, I, I actually did try um, pitching to traditional publishers, but mm -hmm. I think partly because the story of Habakkuk, it's so, I mean, what I chose to write on is so um, obscure, really. He's a minor prophet, and I don't mm -hmm. think that the big publishers thought they could sell that one. That uh -huh. I, I did try for a long time to do the traditional route, and it wasn't working for me. As far as the books, I did have short stories and articles and smaller things. Uh -huh. A lot of those published, but I finally decided to just go out on my own now that the industry has changed, and it's become a lot easier and cost-effective to do your own thing if you're doing the print-on-demand, that is. I, wasn't, yeah. I wouldn't go with a vanity press at no, all. No, no, no. In um, fact, folks, we're going to tell you, never go with a vanity right. press. There's yeah. a lot of reasons for that. But yeah. I chose to do my own thing and start my own imprint. I thought, well, good grief, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it right. Mm -hmm. So um, so now I have my own company, my own, own LLC, and I can... Um, How did you go about getting your own LLC? Did you see a lawyer? What did you no, do? No, I, um, I went to the... Well, I went to go get a bank account, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was like, well, you need to have an employer identification number. I was like, well, how do I do that? And, mm -hmm. and so then you just, well, you just go on this website and you register. We can do it here. It'll take 10 minutes. And so, I mean, I did. I just got it, you know. And yeah, because in the state of Montana, you have yeah. to register your business through the right. Secretary of the State. And right, and it's easy. It's yeah. easy. You can do it at Montana.gov, and you just fill out this form and send mm -hmm. it in. And, so other states, yeah. you may have other hoops you have to jump through, but, you right. know, Try that route first. Go down to your bank and find out right. what documents they need, and then go from there. And it's yeah. about twenty-five dollars a year, so yeah. it wasn't. It's not expensive. Yeah, it's, it's just a business license, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, right. So, so I did that, and it was pretty easy. I was able to find a free business checking. Mm -hmm. So I actually, this was kind of an experiment in how much I can get for free. <laughs> so I have a free new e-newsletter I can do, a free website, a free, almost free website. And you use Wix.com? Uh, we had talked about free that. Free development, but I, but I pay for the, a monthly fee for the domain, and then I've upgraded to a different, so there's there are some charges, but it's not expensive. And it's choices you can make based on your own budget right? along the way. Right, and, and what your needs are and what your mm -hmm. products are, and you don't have to do everything mm -hmm. that everybody else is doing. You just do what fits your own what your your abilities and your expertise is and build out from there. Right. You can yeah. start small and yeah. grow like anything does. Uh -huh. So that's what I've been doing for three years. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, um, close to yeah, I guess it's going three, on four. We don't know your anniversary date. We're here at this is in, in case you're listening to us in the future and you can hear the intercom. Missoula Fresh Market's anniversary is April 22nd, and so we know we know their anniversary date. But you, I guess you'd have to go look at your documentation from the state of Montana to find out what your anniversary date is. I know mine is uh, November um, November 16th, 2009. Okay. <laughs> That's when I went full time, full career writing. You know, isn't that funny? Right. Yeah, it's like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And it's what I always wanted to do, but I'm yeah. finally, you know. It's like <laughs> finally. Right. 
So I guess I better have a plan for a couple of years from now for my 10-year anniversary or something. You know, it's like, nice. woo <laughs> <laughs> So we need to know when your 10-year anniversary is going to be. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and folks, if you hear in the background, yep, we're at a live remote. So um, there's a little bit of talking and fun and, and great drinks going on. I see people lining up. So we do apologize that you're hearing a little bit of noise. But, you know, being an author and being a, somebody who owns a company like Susan... You have to do things that uh, take you out of your comfort zone, but take you to the people. And that's one of the things that uh, a lot of authors, they wish they could just sit back and write and kind of be in their little cubby. Um, how do you take it to the people? Well, um, I marketing is a whole nother ball game as far as like what you have to learn. And so I've gone to conferences and I've watched online videos and signed up for newsletters and created, created different... Um, create a different um, like advertising like digital advertising things that I can post to social media and it's just kind of a exercise in it's, a, it's just a learning curve I mean in, in meeting with people like you and with others and talking through that helps a lot um, making sure that the publishing platforms you use get the books out where they need to be like on Amazon or at barnesandnoble.com or, and then and then learning the whole ebook platform and there's so many places yeah. to go like you use smashwords how do you use smashwords to help your company well the reason i use smashwords is because they're the only, they're the they're one they're a big one that will allow you to have a perma free book so i wanted to have my short story be permanently free and I couldn't do that on Kindle or Nook. And if They're you can do the perma-free, yeah, and the, and the perma-free allows you to compete with Amazon and if you go in through Author Central and you can send a message to them to say, hey, my book is free over on Smashwords, they'll, they'll price match it. So, so um, yeah, but I do have my other books, I, I do have quite a few of my other books on Kindle and Nook as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, I, I try to diversify a little bit. Did you put um, the the prequel uh, Hadara's story yeah. on Kindle as well? It and is, price but it's match? 99 cents. No, I tried to price match and I wasn't able to. So, mm-hmm. I, And it may just be that I did, don't know how to do it correctly. I did try and it wasn't working. But I was like, eh, yeah. it's already free. You I have can to, just link it to where it's free. Yeah, so. and you, you have to go in through Author Central and you send them a contact email. Mm-hmm. And you tell them that it's free over here. And you show them the link where it's free mm-hmm. so that they'll price match. That's what I've heard. Okay. I've, I've actually not. I think I tried it. I think they were willing to do it for a couple of weeks, but I don't think they were not willing to do it for permanently. But but yeah, again, you know, you, things change. Yeah, things you change. try again. I mean, yeah. Who knows what they're doing now? Yeah. <laughs> so Hadara's story is actually available both on Kindle for ninety nine cents if that's how people Nook like to, and on Nook. But it's also over at Smashwords, Smashwords for free. For free, and you can. And the nice thing about Smashwords, you can pull it up on any device. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a website, and you can just pull it up like on your browser. So. Mm-hmm. And read it. It's, yeah. it's easy that way. So you went from um, making it perma-free. You went from creating an LLC, and you started learning the marketing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, where'd you go from there? I wrote more books. <laughs> <laughs> I wow, wrote more books. There's a concept, actually. I, write books. <laughs> I published more books, and then I started publishing for other people, and I started doing professional editing because I, well, I've, I've led writers groups for 12 years at least now, uh-huh. um, and so I've done a ton of editing, not to mention through my um, degree, I did a lot of that, and then I 
So now I have other writer services, like because now I know how to do book covers and formatting and editing and um, what video trailers, productions for books. Do you have I a specific that. website for video trailers, or is that it's all, all on there? It's all on thedramaticpen.com. Nice. Everything is there. So, okay. And I'm pretty good about responding to emails, so if anybody shoots me a contact email, I'm and what's what's your? Do you want to share an email on? Well, it's um, the dramatic. Pen editor at gmail.com or it's editor at the dramatic pen.com. But there's also a contact page like on my on your website, website. which okay. comes right to me and I and you're on Facebook. Right. Yep. So yeah. Hey gals. So we're gonna we're gonna take a break here, get into the next segment, and um, we'll be right back with you. Thank you so much for being with us on Lit Up with Angela Breidenbach with Susan Thomas as our guest and you can find her at thedramaticpen.com or on Facebook at dramaticpen.com or I'm sorry at Facebook slash dramatic pen. And my name's Angela Breidenbach. Stay right where you are. There's more lit up right after this. show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Soups are often included in healthy, low-calorie diet plans. But as with most foods, the calories and nutritional value can be very diverse. A typical bowl of soup has two cups and can range from 75 calories for a bowl of gazpacho to over 600 calories for some chowders. Research shows that many soups are very high in sodium. When tested, the results showed that 99% of the supposedly healthy and light soups contain salt above the daily recommended level. When choosing soups, go for the broth and water-based varieties. In general, the more water a soup contains, the less calories. Skip cream-based soups that are full of fat. It is always best to order a cup of soup rather than a bowl. Keep your quantity small and your calories low. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. We're glad you're back for more Lit Up. Now here's your host, Angela Breidenbach. Hi, welcome back to Lit Up with Angela Breidenbach. And my guest today is Susan Thomas. Her pen name is S.E. Thomas. And she is the owner and director of the Dramatic Pen. And you can find her at thedramaticpen.com. And you are live with us at the Missoula Fresh Market, where we're doing a live remote because we've just been visiting with friends and customers and people who want to come in to see our books or learn more about writing. We're just having a great time for the anniversary sale and uh, lots of fun. So uh, welcome back again with me, Susan. Thank you. And, you know, you had mentioned to me something 
off um, radio about doing the copyright. And I think the copyright is something that actually scares a lot of people in books. And what's interesting about copyright is, yes, 100%, when you write it, the law in the U.S. is that it's creative and it belongs to you. And just as a tip, around the world, not every country is that way. Now, the U.K. is pretty much like that, and some of the more standard you know, countries are more like that. But there are some intricacies when you get into international copyright. So what I want to say to you is that when we're talking about this, we are talking specifically about U.S. copyright law because I know we have listeners around the world. So it's important to know that. But if you want to get into the U.S. Um, publishing arena, you need to know these things. And because, Susan, you have been doing the dramatic pen and you have your own small press, which a lot of indies, by the way, are doing nowadays, um, but they don't always know exactly all the ins and outs and what to do. But you were telling me about copyright for the authors. So tell me how you handle copyright. Right. So when I first got started, um, I did what was what's called the poor man's copyright, <laughs> which, like like you were saying in the United States, if you write something, it's yours. So you don't have to have someone else's permission to put copyright on your stuff because it's yours. Mm -hmm. So for some of my earlier books, I just put copyright and the date that it came out and then my name and all rights reserved that kind of thing on there and that's perfectly legal and you can put that on your books and there's a little copyright symbol and a lot of people don't realize this it's it's very simple in word mm -hmm. and you just honestly you you do the um, parentheses with a mm -hmm. small c and a parentheses and it will automatically turn into the copyright symbol mm -hmm. so I just thought you know that was something I discovered mm -hmm. in the process I thought simple stuff let's teach yeah. this little symbol how do you do mm -hmm. that you yeah. know you can also go to insert symbol mm -hmm. and yeah. it's on there too yeah so um but so yeah so i started doing that and then i thought well with my with my bigger books that i invested yeah. more time in i thought i really don't want to just have this out there where somebody can steal it and then, and then i know that if if there if there was ever a court battle over it it's it's always better and faster and costs less money in the long run to have to just say well it's registered with the copyright office so you can look it up and you there can it see is. that it's mine so instead of having to do all the backtracking and hire a lawyer and hire all the you know it can, it's you know much simpler just to do it right the first time. When I first started in the business, a lot of people used to put their manuscript in a sealed envelope, go to the post office, mail it, and then when it comes back to you, you do not open it, you do not break the seal. And that was uh, a poor man's copyright. You could prove it was yours. Another way to prove it's yours is that you can go in, as long as this computer is still working, and you can look at the deep history behind uh, in your laptop, and you can see the first date that that document was ever created. Mm -hmm. And then as you change it or you make copies or something like that, you can see the progression of that document. So that could help you out right. in a court of law. But I want to go a little deeper. Right. How did you decide and what do you do, the steps, to actually get in registered copyright right. through the so U.S.? So it's actually very easy. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know how easy it was until I went and did it. But you just go to www.copyright.gov. Copyright.gov. Yep. Okay. And uh, you just go on there and there's a place you can say register your um, your work mm -hmm. and you just you have to create your own um, like an, uh, account, an account or something mm -hmm. it's free to start you know uh -huh. you don't have to pay anything up front so you you can get on there and you and they 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 walk you through just a series of questions 
that aren't hard to answer. Um, and then they, and then there's a few places you have to enter, like your name and your address. You have to do that like three times, but um, that's okay. So you go through there. And, and I want to ask you one of these questions. Earlier in the show, we talked about. Um, getting your your business registered through your state and state of montana pretty easy you just go to montana.gov but um so you have your when you're doing your copyright do you as a small publisher do the copyright in your name or the author name well i do it i it both goes on there Mm -hmm. so there's like i said you have to enter your address and your name several times but as a publisher i publish i get the copyrights from my authors Mm -hmm. so it comes to me, but it's got their name on it. So it's under their name, but I'm the registering agent, and I'm the, basically I'm serving as an agent for the author. Mm-hmm. So all the information is registered with copyright.gov. They know who's who and who's you know the ultimate rights belong to, and it is the author. So, and that's an um, important point, mm-hmm. that even though your publisher may be the one actually doing that, because in my traditional books, my publisher has done it, mm-hmm. but the copyrights still belong to me. It does. Um, but there's also a contract a separate that you have with your author, and you can have different language in that, and different companies do, and you need to be really careful about what your contract with your publisher says. Right. So that's a separate issue, for, really, from what the copyright.gov. They don't care about any of that. They're just asking you some basic questions. You fill it out. And then at the end, it costs only about 35 bucks. So wow. it's pretty inexpensive, um, and that's a one-time fee. You never have to do it again unless you choose to upload a, uh, a like a second edition or something like that you might want to copyright that as a second edition and pay what the would make a difference again. in making a first edition second edition that you might want to get a second copyright well there are some books like if you think like nonfiction books that are that have timely timely information like if you want to write a political book let's mm-hmm. say about um, abortion in the United States. You might come out five years later or ten years later with a second edition that has updated history. History you know, and science, and even. science mm-hmm. that, and discoveries and political arguments, etc., etc. So there mm-hmm. might be reasons to do that. Mm-hmm. Most books, fiction books, most fiction books, especially, and, and even most nonfiction, you don't need a second edition, typically. And if you do minor typo updates or a change of paragraph? Those things you don't need to do a copyright again. Like, so if you're self-publishing and you get your book back and, and it's out, it's been out for a couple weeks and you get your hard copy and you see, oh dear, I misspelled this word, I want to, or I want to change this paragraph, or I want to add something in this chapter, you do not have to get a whole nother copyright. Just fix it, put it out there, because the copyright is really not a, not so much a word-for-word thing as it is a, a work, a full work thing. So you could still use it to prove that that work is yours, even if you have a few paragraphs that are different later on. So it's fine. Nice. Okay. So now let me ask you, when we're, we're talking about copyrights like this, what do you get back and from the copyright office? So it takes, oh, it takes about a month to six weeks-ish, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, once you register it, you will get a, a nice little paper certificate in the mail. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a letter, but it's a little bit fancier, nice paper. Mm-hmm. And they, um, that it just has the name of your book, your, your, um, the author name and the information, basic information about it says it's been copyrighted on this date. And you just store that with your files. You can, if you want, you can take an image of it, like a digital, scan it in and make a digital image just to keep on your computer. It's a good idea. Oh, that's a great idea. If you're publishing for someone else, you can make a copy of it and send it. I, I make a copy of 
of them and send them to my authors so that they can have one on file for themselves as well. So it's just a nice, you know, it's just your paper records. So. Yeah. So um, when you're, my horse is, my voice is getting a little hoarse here. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. When you're, when you're doing this then, um, if you lost that paperwork, would the copyright office mm-hmm. actually still have it on oh, file? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, you don't have to have that like no, a contract or no, something? No, it's easily okay. provable through there. I mean, it's registered forever, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, I guess eventually there's public domain, like in 20 years or 50 years, whatever I mean, it is. Yeah, I think it's like 70 years or 70 something. 70 years. Like but <laughs> that's something to learn, too, what the, right. you know, where the public domain is. Right. And some of, you know, some of that's really important because I know yeah. even um, the Happy Birthday song is still copyrighted. But so you, a lot of these restaurants. That's why they come up with their own, mm-hmm. you know, songs. Yeah. Um, but uh, the peanuts and things like that are starting to, you know, come out. There's some other uh, things that are very, very famous that are starting to come out of copyright, and uh, they're trying to. The families are trying to recover, you know, copyright for some of these long-term yeah. famous things. So they're, I'm not sure. it's something to look into if you're, if you want this to go on in perpetuity, that you want to make sure. Right. That right. um, other people are aware of it, so that they can re-register the copyright. Right, it can or, be re-registered. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure, like, what all the laws are, but mm-hmm. it's. I think you can will it to somebody, mm-hmm. and then they can re-register it under. Which is so, why the Happy Birthday yeah. song is actually still under copyright. Right. Yeah. So otherwise, it. it'll mm-hmm. just you know fade out, but. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, if you don't care, but the reality is that if something like this is in your will, and um, every author out there, I have a will and trust, and every author out there needs to do that, um, we need to also make sure and update that kind of information so that we have um, our creative works under that trust so that our families can continue to earn the royalties that we have. And they, we also need to make sure for this legality part of it that they understand how to access those accounts. Right. and how to work within those for financial. So, you know, we have about um, one minute left. So tell me, um, what do you think would be important for an author today to know? Um, well, I think the, the four main parts would be like editing and formatting, cover design, and then like the legal aspects that we were talking about, the copywriting, the ISBN, stuff like that, that you're going to want no, and so you do, you know, there's, there's a writing part, a creative part, and then there's a business angle, and you need really yes. need both. I think, and if you're going to be successful today and have a lucrative career, uh, you can be a writer, and that's fantastic, but you have to understand the business of the industry, and there's a lot out there. And I strongly suggest listening to podcasts like Lit Up with Angela Breidenbach or, you know, some of the other podcasts out there and being a member of organizations like Christian Authors Network or um, the Ally, uh, the Alliance for Independent Authors or the Authors Guild, these places where you can get a writer's guild, where you can get a lot of great legal. But I want to thank you for being with us. This is Angela Breidenbach. You can find out more about me at AngelaBreidenbach.com. And I hope you'll be back with us and lit up next time. Thank you for joining us on Lit Up. Light up your literary world. Expand your imagination. Enhance your life. Lit Up will be back next week with another great conversation. Join us, won't you, right here on Lit Up. There's no place I'd rather be.